This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. What do we do when unwise choices cause us guilt and despair? In today's program, our speaker, Pastor Steve Kramer, will share a psalm that speaks to us during those tough times and offers us comfort and great hope. Please stay with us for today's program entitled, A Song for Those in the Depths. If you've ever felt like you're in the depths and sinking, you'll appreciate today's psalm. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious and merciful God and Father, we approach your throne of grace this day in awe of your unmerited favor and mercy. Thank you for loving us so deeply and unconditionally. Amen. reading for today is from Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. 
O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him there is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Dear friends, a middle-aged man from my congregation that I really didn't know very well came by to visit me in my office quite a while back. He had called ahead but didn't tell me what he needed to talk with me about. When he came in, I could tell that something was wrong. He looked tired, a little nervous, kind of sad, and he said he didn't know where else to turn, so he thought he'd try talking with me. He 
talked of how he was feeling depressed and overwhelmed by various things going on in his life. Everything from work pressures to his aging parents that he was trying to take care of. I listened as carefully as I could. At one point, though, when he mentioned some tension at home, I happened to hit upon the right question, and it came out that his marriage wasn't doing so well. His wife was very angry with him. The marriage was on the rocks. And when pressed, he finally confessed that he had been unfaithful to his wife of many years, and she'd found out he'd gotten involved with another woman. At first, uh, he tried to rationalize this and play it down as not a big deal. After all, it wasn't a physical affair. It was just emotional. And maybe she was just overreacting. And uh, also, if things were better at home, maybe this sort of thing wouldn't have happened to him. But the more he talked and the more I prodded, it became obvious this man had a tortured soul. He had done something wrong and he knew it. And he was wallowing in the depths of his guilt. Guilt happens to all of us. I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to really mess things up. I'm a sinner. I'm prone to look out for number one. I'm full of pride, capable of cutting words and impure thoughts and selfish actions. I tell my congregation now and then, if you knew me like I know me, you wouldn't want to come and hear me preach. But then again, if I knew you like you know you, I probably wouldn't want to. We are aware that even some of the biggest names in Christianity have had their falling out from grace, participating in various indiscretions, and then tearfully confessing to the public their sins and how sorry and guilty and full of shame they are. The truth is we're all in the same boat. We all sin. John has it right in his letter when he says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We all sin. But what you do with your sin is what matters. Some people try to ignore it. Others act rather flippant about it. Some rationalize it. Some blame others. Some make comparisons. I'm not as bad as this person. All of these are dangerous and unwise methods for your spiritual health. And they can pull you down into the depths, just like this man that I described for you. Have you ever been at a place in your life where you just felt totally lousy over something that you'd done, some sinfulness in your life? Psalm 130 is for you, you see. It teaches us a healthy way to handle our sin and guilt. It begins this way. The psalm writer turns and cries to God. That's where it begins, turning to God. Listen to these emotional words again. Out of the depths I cry, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my pleas of mercy. This man sounds pretty miserable, doesn't he, as he cries for mercy? He's in the depths. He's depressed. He's feeling far from God, crying out in an agonizing way, God, come on, hear me. I'm calling out to you. I need your help. 
What's the problem that has gotten him to this state that has put him into the depths? Is it sickness? I don't think so. Is it enemies like some of the other lament psalms? No. Listen to his words as he goes on. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, which means sin, who could stand? But with you there's forgiveness that you may be feared. This psalmist is overcome with guilt and sorrow over his sinfulness. He refers to them as his iniquities. He's looking for forgiveness. Psalm 130, for a long time, has been classified by the church as a penitential psalm. It's assigned to be read during the first Sunday in Lent, which is a season of penitence. It's a prayer for those of us who are penitent over their sins. If you should mark iniquities, he says, if you would keep a record book, keep score of all my sins, there's, there's no one who could stand. No one could stand before you, God, because we're all sinners, and I know I don't have a leg to stand on before you, he admits. I'm reminded of Psalm 32. It was written by King David after his affair with Bathsheba. He was so so emotionally distraught. He says, When I kept silent about my sins, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as in the heat of summer. He was convicted of his sinfulness. This psalm writer has done a very smart thing, a wise thing. He's calling to God for forgiveness. He says, but with you there's forgiveness that you may be feared, which means to be worshipped and revered and served. God, I know you are a forgiving God, he says. This is a faith statement, folks, based upon a long history of Israel. God has always proven to be forgiving. He operates with a policy of forgiveness, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. This guy knows, ultimately, he needs God's forgiveness in his life if he's going to move on. Martin Luther made forgiveness the center of all of God's gifts. He said in one place, where there is forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. There's a new lease on life. There's a new life breathed into us. Next now, the prayer moves on to express the psalmist's affirmation of trust. Having confessed, he says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchman for the morning, more than watchman for the morning. Did you hear those words? In his word, I hope. Some people wonder in studies of these psalms, was there a pronouncement perhaps made? by a Hebrew priest. Absolution of sorts after his admission, his need for sin, uh, forgiveness for sin. Perhaps. Or was it simply reflecting upon God's promises that he'll always love and forgive? Maybe he's looking at past history, thinking about that. I'm reminded of a, a story I came across a while back about John Wesley, the great founder of of Methodism. 
says on May 24, 1738, he was depressed. He had been wrestling with spiritual questions. Was faith alone enough for his salvation? If so, could a man be converted instantaneously? That afternoon, in the midst of this pondering, at London's St. Paul Cathedral, Wesley heard an anthem sung that opened his heart up. It was based on Psalm 130. It began, Out of the depths of long distress, the borders of despair. And Wesley was greatly moved because this anthem from Psalm 130 was telling his personal story. That afternoon, he happened to attend a meeting in a little chapel at Aldersgate Street, and he heard a reading from the introduction to Martin Luther's commentary on Romans, which really focused on God's grace and forgiveness, and he reported that he felt his heart strangely warmed. It was a turning moment for him. He had taken the leap from verse 1 out of the depths to verse 5 in this psalm, and in his word, I hope. By the way, that word hope doesn't mean wishful thinking. It means absolute confidence. This songwriter says, I have absolute confidence in God's grace and forgiveness. But he also says now that he is a person who is waiting. Waiting for what? He's waiting for the Lord to step into his life again, to be with him, to come alongside him, to make his presence felt and known, to help him to face the rest of life with him, to be Emmanuel, God with us. He's waiting like a watchman for the morning, he says. You know what he's talking about? It's like a guard who's on the midnight shift, knowing that dawn is coming for certain. A new day lies ahead. Just like the morning sun is going to come up, you can count on it. Again, we're hearing words of trust, aren't we? There's a conviction being voiced in these words that God is actively involved in his creation and he's at work in our redemption. He's not a hands-off God who is far away, who wound up the world and left it to run on its own like an alarm clock. No, he is God with us, active. And not even the depths that this man has been experiencing is out of bounds for this God. Neither heights nor depths nor anything else in all creation can separate him from the love of God. Finally, as so often happens in these lament psalms, the psalmist makes an appeal to the people of Israel to turn themselves in repentance and trust God with their lives and their future. Hear these words, O Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love and full redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all their sins. Some biblical scholars have wondered if this psalm was actually written during the time of Nehemiah when Israel was in exile and the city of Jerusalem lay in ruins. And Nehemiah, upon hearing this report, went off depressed and he prayed and cried and fasted and confessed his sins to the Lord and his people's sins against God, asking for God's forgiveness 
and redemption and help. Maybe they're right. It sure seems to fit, doesn't it? After confessing his own sin, he turns to Israel. Israel, hope in the Lord with me. For those wondering, why should we? He testifies, because with the Lord there's steadfast love. His love is like the prophet Hosea's love that he had for his wife when he discovered that she was unfaithful and he kept loving her anyway, begging her to come back. His love is like the father that our Lord Jesus described in the prodigal son parable, who though he ran away from home and broke his father's heart, his father kept loving him. And when the boy came to his senses and came home, he was welcomed with open arms. The psalmist says with him there's plenteous redemption and he will redeem Israel from all her sins. That word redeem is a word from the marketplace where a payment was made to rescue someone who had fallen into slavery. And that redemption is plenteous. God has plenty of grace to go around, no matter how grave your sin. And this psalm seems to be saying, no matter how deep you're mired in your guilt and despair, you can cry out to God for mercy and forgiveness, and he will redeem you. There's a lot of emotional movement in this psalm, isn't there? He moves from darkness to light, from the depths to the heights, from despair to hope. My dear friend, so can you. That's our good news. You see, there is forgiveness with God because he has kept his word to redeem Israel and us. Listen to Zechariah the priest in Luke one sixty-eight. After the birth announcement of John the Baptist, Zechariah talks of Jesus. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. John the Baptist cried out later, There goes the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus talked of himself as coming to rescue the lost sheep of Israel. Listen to the Apostle Paul's words to the Colossians. God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You see, this Jesus came into the world lived the perfect life of obedience, and he went to the cross while we were lost in our sinfulness, and he paid the price for your sins and mine that we might be redeemed. And trusting in him, there is forgiveness for sins and eternal life. This psalm has truth for you and me as we face our times of guilt and sorrow over sin, no matter how deep you've gotten in over your head, no matter how low your life is sunk, no matter how badly you've messed up, you are never out of the range of God's love and forgiveness. Turn to him, for with him there is forgiveness. I would encourage you to consider the last line of this psalm a personal invitation to you and confess and receive forgiveness and redemption. You can put your own name in there. Oh, Steve. Oh, Bill. Oh, Mary. Oh, Dorothy. Put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is steadfast love and full redemption, and the Lord will redeem you from all your sins. Trust in that one. By the way, I had that man I talked about earlier ask God for forgiveness that day and for Jesus to help him in his marriage. When we prayed together that day, he confessed to God. And when we opened our eyes, I pronounced absolution, and there were tears in his eyes, and he walked out relieved and ready to put his marriage back together again with God's help, as he would go home and ask for forgiveness from his wife. God is working with him and his wife to this day 
to rebuild that marriage. Praise God for his plenteous redemption. Amen. It just seems right that at this point we should have for our closing prayer a time of confession to receive forgiveness. So repeat after me these statements. Almighty God, I confess to you that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. For the sake of Jesus, forgive me. Amen. I have good news for you folks. God loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die upon the cross to pay for your sins and mine and to rescue us from the depths. In Christ, you and I are forgiven. So go in peace now and hope and trust in the Lord. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been listening to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message will help you to remember you are never out of range of God's love. Turn to him for the forgiveness and peace your soul craves. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit listener-supported ministry. 
If this ministry helps serve your spiritual needs, we pray you will consider making a contribution to help pay for radio time. Financial gifts enable us to buy time on 30 stations throughout the United States and Internet access around the world. Send your donation to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Christian Crusaders publishes a quarterly newsletter called The Crusader. This publication contains a special article written by our speaker, Rev. Steve Kramer, as well as other interesting information concerning Christian Crusaders. To receive this special mailing, simply call us at 1-888-MY-FAITH or 1-888-693-2484. We are excited to invite you to visit our new colorful and redesigned webpage where you can find both a printed and audio copy of today's message, as well as many recent messages. You can also find a link to make an online donation to this ministry. All gifts are secure and considered tax-deductible. Visit us today at christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you were able to worship with us this day and pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and speaker for Christian Crusaders, now in its 80th year of regular Sunday worship broadcasting.